So recently I was talking to a, a woman and, um, you know, uh, she had come to my office and this was a while back. She came to my office and, of course, I don't want you guys to think that if I hear something from somebody, I share it. She gave me permission. This was a while back. It was not in confession. But I think it has a lot to do with what I want to talk about today. I was talking to this woman and she really inspired me. I was a new priest and she really inspired me. She was telling me how basically she had been married for 10 years at this point. And she had found out that her husband was being unfaithful within the first year of their marriage. And she was telling me how that it was an emotional cheating, that he wasn't actually cheating on her with another person, but he was constantly going to the internet, constantly would find women on the internet, um, and then would also look at impure images. And there's just kind of this infidelity that was going on within their marriage. And she found him earlier on within the first year of their actual marriage. And so she was sharing this information with me, and uh, I had just asked her, I was just so amazed that she was coming to me. She was actually just speaking from a place of a lot of faith. She had a lot of faith. She's had a lot of hope and a lot of love. And again, fast forward, this has been about 10 years and this has been going on for about nine years at this point. And so I just finally asked her, I just asked her like, how, how, did, how were you so able to remain faithful? Like, how are you able to remain faithful right in these situations, in this situation, just knowing through all this pain and suffering that you've been going through, how have you been able to endure this? Right? How were you able to stick by his side? And she said something very beautiful, and I'll never forget it. She said, Father, 10 years ago at an altar, I said to Jesus, I said to the Holy Spirit, I said to God the Father, and I said that I would take my husband, I would take my spouse in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, I will love you to her spouse, and I will honor you all the days of my life. And I was like blown away. I couldn't believe it. People, we all want to live out our vows, right? Every married person. But she said, I made a promise. And she said, clearly, he's sick. And she wasn't like, he's sick, he's disgusting, he's a piece of you-know-what. No, he's sick. And I knew he was sick. And I made a promise that I would be by his side in good times, which the first year was really good, and in bad, and it's been bad for nine. In sickness... And thank God now he's in health. I thought that was very beautiful. And I, again, will never forget that. That's the first thing she said. The second thing that she said is, also one of my prayers that I prayed for him and myself during those nine years was, Jesus, have pity on my spouse. Have pity on me. The second part, it didn't really register with me. Right? I was still so blown away by the first part. that The second part, I was like, oh, okay, okay, that's cute. And I didn't get it, understand it. I was a little confused. But then later on, I went back and I was like, I was like, as I, you know, I was thinking about the second part, what, what did that mean? Like, what did she mean that Jesus have pity on me, have pity on my spouse? You know, there's a negative connotation attached to the word pity. Right? When we think of pity, we think of something negative. Right? And that, and that so I was just kind of confused. Like, why was she saying pity? Um, in that situation. And so someone, again, when we think of somebody and we have pity on them, we look down upon them. We think they're weak. But biblically, in the Holy Bible, pity has a completely different understanding. And this woman understood what pity meant. Right? In the Bible, right? In the Bible, the Bible, pity means to feel grief or pain because of the suffering or misfortunes of myself or another person. Let me repeat that. So pity. Pity means to feel grief or pain because of the suffering or misfortune of another person. We can pity the people in Iraq today, not like they're below us. But this deep suffering and this deep pain that they're going through, we're able to say to Jesus, Jesus, have pity on those people. 
We're able to say about our own misfortunes in our own lives, our own sufferings, Jesus, have pity on me. Which means, again, for us to be able to say, right, that uh, it means to feel grief or pain because of the sufferings or misfortunes of another person. Right? And when, when, we have, when we ask God to have pity on us, when we ask God to have pity on another person, like this woman was saying, have pity on me, have pity on my husband for those nine years, when we say that, it inspires a positive action such as extending physical, emotional, material, financial, spiritual help for those who are suffering. Right? It's so powerful. And brothers and sisters, I don't have to tell you, life is difficult. Life's hard. Sometimes people say, this is the worst. And although it's dark and it's hard, throughout salvation history, people have suffered. We heard in the Old Testament, the first reading, we heard at St. Paul, he's in jail, he's suffering. We heard in today's gospel, right? Life is hard. And we can't control how life is going to go, but we can control how we respond to the difficulties that come up in our lives. We can all of us have experienced things that are life-shattering. People in this, in this church have experienced things that are tragic, are suffering. All of us. All of us have gone through something which has caused us a lot of sufferings. And we have one or two options. The first option is, again, ask Jesus, Jesus, have pity on me. Jesus, have pity on this situation. My family, my finances, my marriage, my spouse, my health, my grades. Jesus, have pity on me. Asking Jesus to have pity on us, again, pity, biblically speaking, is to feel grief or pain. Jesus, feel my grief. Jesus, feel my pain. You've gone through grief. You've gone through pain. You know what it's like. I'm being crucified right now, not physically, but I'm going through a crucifixion. And Jesus, you know what that's like. Have pity on me. Don't look down upon me, but have pity on me. Again, that, that's the first option. Second option is, the other option, if I'm not going to ask Jesus to have pity on me or my situation that I'm going through when those difficult situations come up, the second option that we're going to fall into is not asking Jesus to have pity on me, but I'm going to have self-pity. And brothers and sisters, self-pity is ugly. It's not from God. Because self-pity, what is it? Self-pity is when we begin to feel sorry for myself. Not Jesus, have pity on me. Jesus, feel my pain, feel my suffering. Have pity on me. Enter into my suffering. Self-pity is, I feel bad for myself. Poor me. Nobody has it like me. Look at me. Look at my life. Look at my marriage. Look at my finances. Look at me. And nobody suffers like me. And self-pity is not what Jesus fell into. Because if anybody should have had self-pity and could have self-pity, was Christ on the cross. And at one time did he say, poor me, look at me. Now one time did he say that. The father in today's gospel has a son who has seizures. He's an epileptic. Epilep epileptic, thank you. He has seizures and they're so bad Right, that whether they're, you know, uh, so the, the demons, like, and he has, he has this unholy, this un, unholy spirit as well. They're so bad, he's falling into fire and falling into water, almost getting burned to death or almost drowning to death. 
So this is what we're hearing about in today's gospel, right? The father has this child, and again, he's such a horrible situation. Rather than having self-pity, again, he could have had self-pity. Oh, gee, oh, Jesus, you'll never understand my situation. Look how bad I have it. Look at my son. Look at how bad we have it. You'll never believe. He's constantly in water. He's constantly in fire. Look at us. Look at us. That's what he could have said, this father. Nobody suffers like us, Jesus. But what did he say? Rather than falling into self-pity, he asked Jesus, Lord, have pity on my son. For he is a lunatic and suffers severely. Two options, brothers and sisters. Jesus, have pity on me. Have pity on my situation. Or Jesus, forget Jesus. Self-pity has to do with me. Again, when difficulties arise, when we go through suffering, when we are struggling, we should grieve. We can have grief. We can have a broken heart. We can feel sadness. We should feel our feelings. We're human beings. No one's saying, don't feel that. Don't feel sad. Don't feel bad. Don't feel mad. You shouldn't feel that way. Nobody's saying that. If you're human, you feel. Jesus felt, but he never had self-pity. So when these things arise in our lives, when the suffering happens, when we are enduring, when these things happen, again, we should feel. But we should never feel sorry for ourselves and remain there because if I start to have self-pity and I'm feeling sorry for myself, it will lead to anger, resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, depression, the worst and ugliest thing. Because it's all inward. When I ask Jesus to have pity on me, it's outward. There's a relationship there. But when I'm having self-pity, it's all inward. And it gets darker than it already is due to the suffering and pain that we're going through. So brothers and sisters, today as we approach Jesus in the Most Holy Eucharist, let us approach him the same way the woman that I spoke about in today's gospel, uh, the woman, I mean, she should be in the gospel, how her amazing her, her, her testimony was. But the woman I started off with and uh, how she approached the situation with her husband and how the father approached Jesus in today's gospel. And both of them said, Jesus, have pity. And let us do the same versus the self-pity, which self-pity, as we've already talked about, right? And that's exactly what the enemy wants. The enemy, right, the devil, is the mayor I would say a self-pity city. Get it? See what I did there? Like how smart I am? He's the mayor of self-pity city. He's the mayor of this city. He wants us to be in that dark place. But in reality, we turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, have pity on me. Amen?